The Heather McCoy Show. And welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. And now, uh, from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest, Robert Larsons joins me on the show. Oh, it's great being with you, too. Uh, this week, we're talking about historical figures from the Inland Empire, my favorite being Amy Simple McPherson, founder of the first mega church, the Angelus Temple, and who I believe also is the first televangelist, despite the fact that she's only held a radio license in her lifetime. She has a strange connection to the IE. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, she lived out in this area for a while in the, uh, actually the Lake Elsinore area which was a quite intriguing place. Elsinore now is a little depressed. It's sort of uh, a lot of lower income people out in that area. It's a place where, let's say, you know, Temecula, Murrieta, there's a lot of gated communities. And there's, I guess there's sections of uh, Lake Elsinore that are like that, but a lot of it is uh, lower income, higher crime. And actually they drop off a lot of parolees in that area. That's sort of a, Dirty little secret. <laughs> Where are the pearlies from? I, um, I guess this region, but they, they just get dropped off in Lake Elsinore because a lot of other cities put up a stink about having them in Lake Elsinore. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of charming. Um, but anyway, so so that that's sort of Lake Elsinore now, but it, it was a kind of nice resort area. They built a lot of these shoreline resorts back in the day, and there were these spas and celebrities, uh, well-to-do people, spend a lot of time out there, and Amy Simple McPherson ended up out there and built this really uh, pretty elaborate structure that many people just refer to as Amy's Castle, and uh, I, I haven't visited it myself yet, but I've had a lot of reports on it, and uh, I've heard just that it's it's really pretty fascinating, and so yeah, that's... Uh, Right above the lake, you're overlooking the lake. There's that out there, and there's a lot of other strange buildings. There's a well. The strangest thing about Amy's Castle is I've heard that it's got um, Islamic uh, architecture features, where she was like a fundamentalist uh, Christian. Yeah, I know. I think in those days you could kind of get away with that sort of thing, and most people would be probably kind of clueless as to what it was, or even so, it wasn't like evangelical fundamentalist Christians nowadays. It's like they see things very black and white in, in sort of all aspects of their lives. The, yeah, I Islam is associated with <laughs> Satan. Yeah. Well, the, the 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 thing that is kind of grossing me out is I did research on her once, and apparently she swam in Lake Elsinore. That just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Well, I, I don't think Lake Elsinore is that bad. I mean, I think it was... I, I actually was kid. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, it was uh, definitely preferable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's just, a, it's just a big lake. I don't think it's... um. You know, the state agencies do these things where they test water quality and they give it a rating, and I don't think it ever got a really bad rating, say, as the Santa Monica Bay has a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a little, it's lake water. It's not like Lake Tahoe kind of lake water that's blue and crystal clear. It's kind of greenish, but I, I don't think the bacteria levels or any pollutants in it are anything to really worry about. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think, I don't know if people still swim in there, but I know back in the 70s, it was uh, still... I, I just always imagine it like like Erie in Cleveland, where somebody set a match to it, and it caught on fire at one point. No, no, I, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, people still fish there a lot, and I still uh, catch fish that I assume is edible. <laughs> assumed edible. So is there any other uh, landmarks or buildings of notes in the IE? Yeah, well, while we're on the Lake Elsinore area, there's a really fascinating building that was a former naval and military school, like a boys' military school. And it's a it's an impressive structure. It's kind of, I think, got Spanish-style architecture. It's got a swimming pool. And it's one of those things, kind of buildings, that you find a lot around the Salton Sea that it's abandoned. And this was abandoned some decades back, but you can tell it was a really nice private school at one time, but again, it, it has that the kind of boarding school vibe about it that always kind of creeps me out a little bit, and it's, uh, but it's just got that creepy abandoned building vibe going as well now, and a friend of mine actually got permission to shoot a video in there, which I've seen, and it, it's, it's really creepy looking, because inside it's been abandoned for some time, and it's just looks, even from the video, you get this feeling that it smells musty in there, Ooh. dusty, and just, uh, like, hmm, maybe there's a dead body in there, so. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely worth checking out, the Elsinore Naval and Military School, which is on the west shore of the lake. It's fenced up, and, uh, you know, with no trespassing signs, but, a lot of people I know have climbed over those fences. <laughs> There's like a whole group online of bloggers that uh, actually try to gain admittance to sports stadiums that were condemned. It's like a sport. I would like to do that. Yeah, a, a lot of people went into the odd, which was where the Buffalo Sabres played for so many years, where the French Connection played, and they just snuck in there and just took a look around before they blew it up. So who else did we want to discuss? Oh, yes. Was Earl Stanley Gardner, who was a pretty famous writer. He's most famous uh, for the Perry Mason character, which started out as a in a book form. I think it was a series, and then, of course, became a, a TV series. And uh, he wrote that. And But he, he wrote a lot of what was called pulp fiction, and there were these books. They were for men. Mm-hmm. Books and they uh, always had that really kind of interesting artwork on the cover that were the, these illustrations of sort of scantily clad women and these sort of alluring sort of things where you'd see a woman that you could tell she was half undressed but she's kind of behind a curtain and there were always these kind of crimes going on that were they had this uh, edge to them and they so he wrote those kind of books and. He, uh, yeah, lived out here for quite some time. He was this real kind of adventurer kind of man that always doing things like that. And there was some famous, uh, it was a high-profile murder case. It was like the O.J. Simpson case of its time that was, uh, I'm not sure exactly the decade, but it took place in the Caribbean. Somebody who was a, 
uh, sort of an heiress, I believe it was, and she married some guy that her parents didn't want her to marry, and there was all this kind of, somebody ended up dead, and he, he reported on that. Actually, he was chosen to report on it because of his fictional crime writing. They thought he would be a good true crime reporter, and, and he was. And But yeah, he's a, a famous person in this area. A lot of people still uh, kind of look up to him. I'm surprised. I think he died in 1970. I'm surprised people still know who he is. Yeah, well, there are the historians, local historians. I've gotten to know a couple of them, and they they kind of keep it going. There's a little magazine that put out by the uh, Temecula Valley Historical Society, I think it is. Temecula Valley Museum. It's called the uh, the High Country, and they they tell all these stories about all these kind of characters and oh <laughs> I was looking through an issue of the high country and they were reporting on something that was a big sort of scandal some decades back I don't know maybe 70 years ago and there was some bar fight and some and the guy was stabbed who was I guess a white guy and he was stabbed by a guy who this was reported in the papers at the time he was reported as a half-breed. <laughs> it was completely not politically incorrect to use the term half-breed in a, you know, in a major sort of newspaper. Uh, he was half Indian, Native American, and half white, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was reading that, and I was like, wow. That, we've come, come a ways from, from there. <laughs> Well, the Register got away with that, too. The OC Weekly for the Register's 100th birthday would run these old uh, political cartoons that the Register ran, you know, in 1917, and you're like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the situation back then. So uh, with the political situation now in the IE, what's that like? conservative to right wing uh, to far right <laughs> a lot of tea parties tea partiers out here uh, it's interesting I, I deal with the public a lot out here and there definitely are people out here who are progressive or liberals I know it's just maybe only 20% of the population but and, and it's nice to talk to these people but there are these kind of tea party or <laughs> Do they wear their tea bags, you know, when they're not in the rallies? Well, I haven't seen any of that. <laughs> there are people who will very, without any prodding at all, give you their opinions about things. You're just hanging out at Starbucks or something and uh, just will be start, whoa, that Supreme Court, we need to impeach all of those guys, especially that John Roberts thing. <laughs> Somebody who actually works for the company and said that she 
was highly exaggerating the situation. <laughs> and so anyways, there was that, and then she was talking about, oh, and because the taxes are so horrible in California. And then, so this was the funny part. The woman had this big huff about her, and was like, well, you know, it's Obamacare and these high taxes. I, you know, I think I'm just going to move to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I think, do they have single payer in Australia? They, they, they have, uh, yeah, I was talking to a co-worker who actually is from Australia, and she says, yes, we have uh, universal health care there. <laughs> <laughs> she should have moved to Sweden. I mean, that would get avoid it, right? So, so she wants to escape Obamacare and is going to move to Australia, which has way more socialized medicine than the even meagerly stepped you know, meagerly socialized medicine that Obamacare is. I don't even know if you could call it that at all. I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. So, but she wants to go escape that and go to full-on socialized medicine and to higher taxes. Uh, you know, my Australian friend is saying, yes, we pay higher taxes in Australia. And then she says, but you know what? We get a lot for our money. And the health care is great. She's, that's the other thing. She told me, she goes, yeah, it's great. I wish Americans could experience it. And... <laughs> So here's somebody who's been living here in the U.S. for quite some time and has our current health insurance that we get through our employers and much prefers the Australian system. So, uh, but the tea bagger woman I was talking to, you know, don't confuse her with facts. No, that's that's a tea party thing is it's a fact-free zone there. So did you have any WTF moments this week? Uh, well, thank you, Robert Larson, for your report. Thank you. you are listening to the Heather McCoy Show.